1: grace Curley. you can read grace's work in the boston herald and the spectator especially
2: grace grace stand up
1: here's the millennial with the mic grace Curley.
3: welcome back everybody to the grace Curley show so excited to be here today trump gave a presser outside of mar-a-lago and we're gonna grab some sound from it but from what i heard it was excellent Excellent. And I heard that from somebody who's very critical of Trump, who said it was a great presser. So we will try to get some sound of that for you uh, a little bit later. Something that I wanted to talk about here is the situation at the border. And uh, it's really uh, an easier way to put it is the disaster that is currently going on at our southern border and our northern border, as a matter of fact. But we're going to focus on the southern border today. And it's amazing the way the media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, the way they are trying to spin this and try to make this into the fault of Republicans. It's a stretch even for the media. And I actually want to start with a piece from NBC News. Because the title of it was the Biden administration is considering executive action to deter illegal migration at the southern border. Now, my first thought to that is, Uh, wait, I I didn't think you could do anything about that. I thought Joe's hands were tied. I, I thought this was completely out of his hands. According to KJP, on day one, he brought to Congress a comprehensive immigration package and they, the Democrat controlled Congress, refused to pass it. And ever since then, we've kind of fluctuated back and forth between there's nothing wrong at the border, it's secure, and also if there is anything wrong at the border, Joe Biden can't do anything about it. It's totally out of his hands. Now we're being told that the Biden administration is considering executive action. I'm going to read you some lines from this story from NBC. I did add it to my recommended reading. I don't typically have pieces from NBC on there, but I just love going through it. And underlining the sentences that I felt really give you a sense of the urgency that the White House feels in this matter. Or should I say the lack of urgency? So here it is. The Biden administration is considering taking executive action to deter illegal migration across the southern border, according to two U.S. officials. As passing legislation on border security in Congress appears unlikely, the plans under consideration signal that the White House wants to take action before numbers at the border, which have dropped in the past month, rise again as expected. They want to take action. Now it says the plans have been under consideration for months. That's good. Just kicking them around for a while. I mean, it's not like there's a... It's not like it's an emergency situation. You know, let's just keep talking about it for months. In December, as Congress prepared to leave town for the holidays with no border solution, illegal crossings of the southwest border hit records at more than 10,000 per day. The unilateral measures under consideration might upset some progressives in Congress, the official said, but they noted that Democratic mayors who have asked for more help from the federal government to handle the influx of migrants in their cities would be pleased. You know what's interesting about that sentence is that the Democratic mayors at one point in their careers were also considered progressives. And they really still are. They're progressive mayors. The only difference between the progressive mayors and the progressive members of Congress is that the progressive mayors are getting the heat from their sanctuary city constituents about what's going on. That's the only difference. They're getting more of the blame, Jared. Everyone's a progressive until you start getting blamed for things. And then suddenly you you drift back toward the moderate end of things. You start getting phone calls from 50 Cent and you go, eh, maybe I need to rein it in a little bit.
2: It's like some of these people don't understand that. Some of these people have wives and children with schedules.
3: Oh, and soccer games. Right? Don't forget Come the on. soccer games. On Wednesday, Senate Republicans blocked a bipartisan border bill. This is NBC, of course. They blocked a bipartisan border bill. There are so many things that over the last 10 years, I have, like, raise antennas for me. When I hear bipartisan, I immediately know this is something the Democrats want and the Republicans are being either forced to go along with or told if they don't go along with, they will be punished. In the case of Chuck Schumer, he actually was a a little bit more clear about it and said, if you don't go along with this, we will be sending your kids into war. They will be fighting in Ukraine. But the idea that this is bipartisan is, of course, ridiculous. Another thing that I always am clear of now, Jared, or or I'm always aware of now is the science is clear. Anything that's like the science is clear or it's indisputable. It's a fact. You should always question those things. If someone tells you it's a fact, you can't argue with this. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And you can bet your ass I will because I do not believe it it's a fact. This is all they do. Right? It's settled. It's settled science. COVID was settled science. They figured that one out really fast. 6 6 feet to slow the spread or 6 feet, you know, it's 2 weeks to slow the spread and the plexiglass and everything was settled science until it was a little unsettling when the reports would come back that it was doing nothing and then they would change the science. So if they tell me it's a bipartisan border bill, immediately I think, okay. So NBC wants this to happen. So Senate Republicans, those meanies, those mean Senate Republicans, blocked a bipartisan border bill that they had negotiated with Democrats. Lankford negotiated with Democrats. Mitch McConnell negotiated with Democrats. I wouldn't say all Senate Republicans negotiated with the Democrats. Otherwise, if the other Senate Republicans like Ted Cruz were involved in the negotiation, he wouldn't be in front of a podium calling it the stinking pile of crap border bill and not voting for it. It's, that's just that's just a tip to NBC that when you say Senate Republicans negotiated with Democrats, you might you could be a little bit more specific. And when you are more specific and you name the Senate Republicans and you name. James Langford, You better call him James and not Jim. Never Jim. In a statement, a White House spokesperson said, the administration spent months negotiating in good faith to deliver the toughest and fairest bipartisan border security bill in decades. It barely addresses anything on the border. It's all about Ukraine. But this is the tu- if this is the toughest and fairest bipartisan border security bill in decades, we've got some major problems, which I don't think is a surprise to anyone. Later in this piece, it says. Regardless of how much any executive action might appear to increase immigration enforcement, both on the border and the interior of the U.S., the officials said it would pale in comparison to the effects that would arise if Congress had passed the border security bill. Oh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. I'm sure that if we just passed that whopper of a bill to give the asylum officers pay raises, And to send $60 billion to Zelensky and the rest of the corrupt officials in Ukraine, I'm sure we could do a lot more than any sort of executive action. What's weird, though, is when Trump was president, he didn't need to send $60 billion to Ukraine. Of course, wars weren't breaking out left and right like they are under Biden. But it was weird because he didn't need all of this money to go to Ukraine in order to enforce the law. That's just a weird thing that happened under Trump. Not sure why. It's a plan B, an official said. Both officials said doing nothing is not an option. They should have told that to Joe Biden three years ago when he got in there. Because he's been pretty comfortable doing nothing up until now. Biden faces growing political backlash. That's true. Because people like me are pouncing and seizing and weaponizing. Some of it from members of his own party over his handling of the border as he campaigns for re-election. Again, mishandling of the border, but we're not going to fight over that. He plans to cite the Republican turnabout on the bipartisan border legislation. It's like they can't say it, Jared, without bipartisan. They have to add that in. Bipar- Don't forget it's bipartisan. The more they tell me it's bipartisan, the more I I tend to doubt it. But he is still vulnerable on the issue. Um, and... The other part of this that I think is key is KJP's response to the fact that Republicans won't pass the, say it with me now, the bipartisan border bill. So her response is a little bit more Tony Soprano. Like, you know what I mean? She's not, she's not messing around with this whole, oh, it didn't work out. We had good faith deliberations. She's just saying it how it is. This is cut three. This is KJP, Air Force One gaggle. Because
0: congressional Republicans are choosing partisan politics over our national security and refusing to pass the bipartisan national security agreement that includes significant border reforms and funding over the coming weeks, ICE will be forced to reduce operations because of budget shortfalls. Since the beginning of the administration, we have asked Congress for additional funding, and resources and every time congress has provided less than we asked for or most recently completely ignored our supplemental request here is what that means ice would be forced to reduce its removal operations its total detention capacity and more when ice can't can't conduct these operations our national security and public safety will be harmed speaker johnson thank you sounds- congress-
3: She sounds like Dr. Evil. Like, this sounds like some sort of hostage video. Because you did not do what we want, we will have to make things worse. It's very ominous. And by the way, these are the same people who for the past three and a half years told me multiple times there was nothing to worry about. And now there's so much to worry about that if they don't get billions of dollars, they're going to have to make things worse. And by the way, KJP, I challenge you for that. I, I challenge you to try to make things worse than they already are. I don't think it's possible. Things are that bad in case you haven't noticed. But that's, that's what they're going to offer. This is like such an obvious, or you know how they put it yesterday in the New York Post, classic pay to play? I'd say this is a classic shakedown. If you don't give us the money that we want, someone's going to get hurt.
2: I'd hate to see the ICE numbers for deportations fall off from the zero where they are because district judges won't let them do anything. So that's an
3: empty threat. Yeah. If you don't let us allow 5,000 illegal aliens into this country every single day, then things are going to get a lot worse. Huh? That's the case you're making, but it's not a case, Jared. It's a threat. This is all they have now. They're on television or on the microphones openly threatening the American people that they're going to do a worse job, which I won't lie. It's a pretty powerful threat because when you think about how bad of a job they're doing, you're like, "Damn. You're going to do an even worse job?" I shudder to think how that is possible. 84454242. It cracks me up though cuz KJP she has no answers. Like when they ask her about Biden speaking to all these dead foreign leaders, who died in like 1996, she goes, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. She gets very skittish when she has to talk about anything that Joe Biden's done wrong. And yet when she's talking about Republicans, she gets her Irish up. You know, she gets very confident and she's like, listen, she's in charge, you know, and and it's just amazing because Joe Biden's the same exact way. You ask him any questions and he's very nervous and he can't find his words and he's bumbling about, you ask him about Donald Trump, the old Joe Biden peeks out for a little bit. The mask slips. He gets real sure of himself in those moments. Do you hear the latest thing, what they're trying to do? Again, I got to give credit to Sean Spicer on this because he had me on this morning and I'm st- I'm stealing a lot of the ideas, but I guess there's some report out that all the eating Joe Biden's doing on the political track it's, it's on purpose. They think the eating is a good idea. We'll talk about that when we come back. Do you think it's a good idea? Auctions are one of the oldest forms of commerce known to man. Auctions are how economies determine values for assets and commodities. And auctions are not a fire sale at a discounted price. That's a common misconception. Rather, auctions are an accelerated sale with competitive pricing. Once people really understand auctions and what they can do for your real estate, they start telling everybody in their life about it because... It's so underused and it can really, really work for you depending on your situation. So J.J. Manning's accelerated auction process is one of the fastest growing segments in real estate, but it's been around for a long time and it's it stood the test of time. Manning's time tested approach began over 16,000 auctions ago in 1976 by its founder, Jerome Manning. We've had Justin Manning on the show to talk about this and he he's such a whiz when it comes to a wizard when it comes to everything it has to do with the real estate market but especially when it comes to auctions and he actually explains the process of it so if you have time and you want to go listen to that podcast he's really, really knowledgeable and he knows what he's doing and he can break down why this might work for you. J.J. Manning uses their own 30-30 marketing plan, 30 days of marketing and 30 days to close. There's no deviations, to the purchase and the buyer's feet are kept to the fire to learn more on how to get your land or property sold quickly whether it's residential or commercial call charlie gill 800-521-0111 again that's 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com and get your real estate sold we'll be right back
1: the grace Curley show will be right back This is The Grace Curley Show.
3: You know the other part of it, too, one of my textures pointed out? This bipartisan bill that Senate Republicans blocked. That's what you're going to keep hearing about. The Senate Republicans blocked it. You know who else blocked it? Senator Bernie Sanders, noted MAGA Republican Bernie Sanders, just something to keep in mind. It was right down the middle. And another texter said, Why does she keep saying the partisan Republicans blocked the bipartisan bill? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's Kareem Jump here. That's kind of her brand at this point. New York has a brand. KJP has a brand. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nassau Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nassau Beach Inn for under two hundred dollars this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to nassabeachinn.com. That's inn.com Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far?
2: Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is who do you think rigged Nevada against Nikki Haley? Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis. Tucker Carlson, Russia, ultra, mega, maga, or no other candidate?
3: Well, she was beat handedly by no other candidate, so I'm going to go with no other candidate.
2: 78% of the audience is going to join you with that for no other candidate. 11% for Russia, 8% for ultra, mega, maga, 2% each for Tucker and Trump. 1% 1% for Ron DeSantis.
3: But now that she's calling the Nevada primary a scam and saying that Trump rigged it, does that make her an election denier? Because
2: it absolutely does.
3: I really I, I can't handle another election denier running for president. I just can't. And you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Anne.
0: Hey, I know how they're going to get rid of Kamala. How? And it's been it's been done before. Um, how did we get Gerald Ford as president? Never elected. When Nixon was having all his trouble with Watergate, his vice president was Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew's daughter was out of the country. And next thing we know, they sent planes to to rescue her or whatever. And a few days later, Spiro Agnew steps down because of family issues. And then Nixon appoints Gerald Ford vice president. Yeah,
3: I get what you're saying. Like Kamala Harris will find some and we're politically speaking here how how they get rid of her. Of course, I just always like to make that clear because sometimes people tune in and they go, what is this? Um, but my thing is, I don't think Kamala Harris, because there, there's always politicians who say yeah, I have family issues. Oh, I'm going to spend more time with my family. Oh, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I have other. There was talk at one point that she was going to join the Supreme Court and get appointed to the Supreme Court or go back to the Senate. Here's here's the thing. That all is dependent on whether or not she'll play ball. And I don't think Kamala Harris, for what she's dealt with for the last... And you might say to yourself, Grace, cut the crap. This woman got a plum job. She's been terrible at it. Nobody's forcing her to have these word salads. I would agree with you. But she's taken a lot of heat, and she hasn't gotten a lot of cover from Joe. Like, I think he's kind of kicked her under the bus, threw her under the bus a couple times. And... I don't think she's going to go away quietly.
0: I eat no for breakfast.
3: I don't think they're going to say, oh, we want Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom to run. And you can, you know, go back to being a senator. I don't think so. And you know what? I would hope that Kamala Harris has more of a backbone than that. I hope that she does not disappear quietly into the night. I hope she makes these Democrats make good on their promises to her.
0: Your political we promises.
3: <laughs> we got Woker Joe coming up next. Some of you sneaky SOBs are already on the line. It's 844 4242 Also later, why Joe's eating on the campaign trail. Don't go anywhere.
1: Live from the Aviva Tratria studio.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I can't believe it's Thursday and it's already time for woke or joke. Hit it, Jerry. Everything woke
0: turns to shit, Okay. I started a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha ha ha! Pink-haired wokers.
2: <laughs> the word woke means
0: loser. <laughs> the joke me
3: woker joke is brought to you by Aviva Trattoria. a gift card to Aviva Trattoria is the perfect gift for any occasion they have so many new locations and they're going to have one in my neck of the woods in Quincy. Um, and you can check all of them out. So go to dot to find the one nearest you Taylor Cormier, AKA the wizard of woke. What
1: form do you have to fill out to get an Aviva near you?
3: I know that you don't have any near you yet.
1: No, I don't think so.
3: It's, you know, every day they're announcing new locations. So just keep your fingers crossed. Hmm. It will happen for you. Okay. I just know it. Taylor's here. He's going to read you a headline, and then you have to tell us, is it woke, as in it's real, or is it a joke? Did this big weirdo make it up? Let's start with Tony. You're up first on The Grace Curly Show. Big weirdo. <laughs> Are you ready for your headline, Tony? I'm ready, Grace.
1: Okay. All right, Tony, here's your headline. PETA proposes 10 vegan commandments for Oklahoma schools in response to state lawmaker.
3: I'm going to go with woke.
1: It is woke.
3: 10. Not a joke. Not a joke. 10 vegan, or as how we would say, vegan, vegan commandments.
1: Representative Jim Olson has put forward a bill that would... Uh, force Oklahoma public schools to have a display of the 10 commandments in their schools. So, PETA oh. has proposed their own 10 commandments to be displayed, which is like, like
3: equal time situation. Right.
1: Would you like some of the, the 10 Absolutely. commandments? Absolutely. Commandment number 1. Thou shalt regard all animals, and they did say thou, shalt regard all animals as individuals who deserve respect and compassion and aren't here for humans to exploit.
3: They're just a human being.
1: Commandment 2 thou shalt always come to the aid of an animal in need.
3: Can, can I tell can I say something and I actually heard <laughs> wait, at the beginning Wait
1: wait wait Bob Barker's favorite commandment. Commandment number 3 remember to have an, an to have animal companions spayed or neutered and to provide them with nutritious food, clean water, medical care and comfortable shelter.
3: Here's sexy cows, sexy pigs, <laughs> sexy
0: chickens. Here's sexy fishes. <laughs>
3: Where I have questions. And I think Jerry Seinfeld at one point in an episode, you know how at the earlier seasons he would do a stand-up in the beginning? Mm -hmm. There was a stand-up he did at at one point about how certain animals, like nobody, even people in PETA care about, like mosquitoes. People have no problem killing a mosquito. You don't have the same reaction. Yeah. 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 As killing a a dog or something. And so I just, I wonder, I'm really curious if people at PETA, like if they get, if there's a mosquito that is sucking their blood do they swat it away or did they do they welcome it you know because otherwise you're that's breaking a commandment
1: that's a very well what constitutes an animal is an insect an animal
3: <laughs> you remember when Howie used to ask Bruce every year how do you know blueberries don't have feed right. <laughs> Don't, was, don't pick me that was always my favorite part of thanksgiving was the build-up of Howie going please don't kill me i'm a
2: blueberry <laughs> <laughs> okay go ahead can't wait to see yule brenner in the 10 vegan commandments
3: okay let's go to tony you're wait Do we just do a tony oh, Well
2: there are multiple tonys
1: it's so a popular many name.
3: so many tonys tony you're up next on the grace i'll Curry try to show. win a
1: viva Trattoria gift cards too
3: are you ready for your headline tony
1: I sure am, Grace. All right, Tony, here's your headline. You're missing out if you think you're too good for horny dragon books. I'm going to go with joke. Not a joke.
0: It's like true. That. I don't like Not that joke. Not a joke. Not it's a joke.
1: really just uh, some sort of editorial f- promoting the latest smut fantasy book.
3: I don't like that word. I don't like the world now. Horny? Yeah.
1: They're dragons. They have horns.
3: Oh, well, yeah. Is that why they're saying it? No. They're saying the other yeah. meaning. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. That's interesting, though. Um, The smut genre, I didn't realize that the dragons were a part of that.
1: Oh, I think so.
3: Are dragons and unicorns... In they're the different. Si- they're different, but do they live in the same world? I don't the horned really my not. horn can pierce the sky if anyone gets it on the text line good for you
1: okay um jared what's not, your ruling on I, this
2: you know i'm not i'm a sci-fi guy i'm not really a fantasy guy but i i believe they are a different worlds.
3: what is the difference between the sci-fi and the fantasy
2: fantasy is like more medieval fantasy is like magic. medieval elves yeah. hobbits
3: but to be fair sci-fi technically is fantasy
1: no, there's sci-fi fantasy.
2: Yeah. Oh God. It, it's, it's a subtle distinction. It's
1: just like, like there's rom-coms, Grace. You can yeah. have a romantic movie or a comedy movie or a rom-com, a, rom-com, a romantic comedy. Okay. Mm.
3: I stand corrected. Science jo-
2: fiction is settled fiction.
3: Oh, got it, Jonathan. Jonathan, you're up next on Woker Joke. Are you ready for your headline, Jonathan?
2: I am ready, Grace.
1: Okay. Jonathan, here's your headline. Happy New Year greeting, just as insensitive as Merry Christmas, says Cultural Studies Professor.
2: Well, I'm going to have to say joke.
1: That would be the correct guess. That is a joke. Very
3: good job. By the way, that was
1: a joke. That's not true.
3: Stay on the line, and you'll be entered to win a fifty dollars gift card to a Viva Trattoria. Derek, you're up next with Taylor Cormier on Woker Joke. Are you ready for your headline, Derek?
0: Yes, yes, Grace. Me and my bus driver Debbie are ready, Eddie, oh. as always.
3: Okay, here Tag we go, Derek. Derek and, Derek and yeah. Debbie.
1: Here are your head. Here is your headline. Palestine's Day Ceasefire activists Organized to send Valentine's gifts To war-torn Gaza
0: Palestine's Day Gaza What do you think, Debbie? Okay Debbie and me Are gonna say It's a joke
1: You're on the right bus It is a joke
0: Very good, Derek
3: By the way, that was a joke It's not true (laughs) Oh my (laughs) Celebrate Now,
1: you're only Entered to win
3: (laughs) Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we got
1: to make that clear. I know, yeah, but good job entered for a chance to but win. Maybe, right.
3: maybe they're just so happy of winning.
1: That that's hey, Do you know what I mean. That's it's a prize in and of itself. Yeah,
3: I agree. I agree. I love that enthusiasm. It's Thursday. You know what it is? Thursday heading into Friday. People just have a great vibe. it. Got here them.
2: quickly. I feel it did. Yeah. It did
3: get here quickly. And
2: every Aviva location has great parking, even for buses. <laughs> If you should win.
3: Yes. Mike, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Are you ready for your headline, Mike?
2: I'm ready.
1: All right, Mike, here's your headline. Cat lady couture trend is making felines fashionably cool. Sexy mystique draws people in. <laughs> I refuse to believe that's real. That's got to be a joke. It is woke. It's true. I saw it in the New York post.
3: Not a joke. Taylor Swift. Not a joke. I think Sarah Jessica Parker was on the on the picture I saw. Yes. Big fans of cats. I'm a cat guy. You are a cat guy. I actually was telling people the other day. Sexy fishes. You're talking about me. No, I told you this when Taylor describes his basement and he's like, Yeah, the cat goes down the basement and I have a lot of dusty old records there. I'm like, this sounds like silence of the lambs. This sounds like there's gonna be someone in a tunnel going, Help!
1: Put the lotion in the basket.
3: But you are a cat guy. You don't have a cat, though, right now.
1: Yeah, we have a cat. Her name's Grace. Gracie. Her name is Gracie.
3: And you got her after you met me. (laughs) Well before.
1: Well before I knew who you were. Knew of you,
3: Do you think it would have changed your opinion of the name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you don't want to be staring at that mug all day.
1: (laughs) She's got, like, it's not a weird eye, but she's got a problem where her eye, she, like, struggles to open it kind of bothers her a little bit we're treating her for it but
3: does uh, she need a patch perhaps no that would be cute though wouldn't it a cat with a, a cat eye, with eye patch, patch. puss Can't in be boots that. <laughs> ed you're up next on the grace curly show are you ready for your headline ed yes i am
1: okay all right ed here is your headline kansas city chiefs to make taylor swift honorary cheerleader sunday night
0: I'm so sick of
2: hearing about her. Joke.
1: It is a joke. Yeah. By the way, that was a joke. That's not true.
3: Good job, Ed Taylor Cormier. Do you have one more on there?
1: I may have one more. Throw one at me. I
3: want to see. If okay.
1: Opinion: Beyonce was robbed at the Grammys. We need to hear from her now.
3: We did hear from Jay Z. I'm gonna say joke. No, it's
1: it's, it's woke? woke. Yes. Ooh.
3: Not Where's a joke. that from? An not opinion piece, joke.
1: Washington Post, uh, by Karen Ataya or Atia, uh, basically saying, you know, we need to. Hear, we haven't heard from her on this yet. So I have it's an a very opinion. long screed.
3: I have an opinion on the Grammys and what was going on. I'm very sick of hearing about how people are robbed or people are not respected and not getting the accolades they deserve when you're talking about. Either Beyonce, who I believe has the most Grammys of anyone ever, or Taylor Swift, who just won her fourth album of the year. Like, I understand that award show season, people are going to say, oh, I thought this person should have won, or I thought that person should have won. But at a certain point, people are acknowledging how great you are. And Jay-Z goes on stage and he basically- I don't think she
1: has the most Grammys ever. I think She has a lot, though. That distinction belongs to a one Mr. Frank Sinatra. Okay. Just saying,
3: I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. I Eight. take it, I take it back. Eight. Um, but what I was going to say, I think she might have beat him, but that's we'll debate that another time. All I'm saying is, you keep hearing about how certain people don't get enough respect or don't get enough accolades, and it's like, we, I think they do at this point. We hear about them non stop.
1: Go cry in your bank vault,
3: exactly. And by the way, one other thing I want to say about the Grammys. When Taylor Swift won. because I Did you
1: watch the Grammys live?
3: I watched a little bit of it. I saw Fantasia do the Tina Turner uh, tribute, which I thought was great. I love Proud Mary. That's my favorite song. Um, and I saw Miley Cyrus, who I also thought was awesome. But I saw the t- clips of Taylor Swift at the end when she won her fourth album of the year. And as someone who's been a Swifty and defended her, I also have to criticize not a good look grabbing that award from Celine Dion not saying not saying thank you yeah. and not really looking her in the eyes and well, Celine's
1: some, very sick too isn't she
3: yes yes and some people said oh well she was overwhelmed And, and she then, took
1: the time for everybody else on that stage
3: and you know what the other thing is Taylor people kept saying well it's Celine it's Celine Dion Like, it's Celine Dion you have to pay her respect I totally agree with that but even if it was just a person who was holding the award like, right. a, no- like a nobody you don't uh, just
1: grab it and walk away
3: you look somebody in the eye and you say yeah. thank you yeah. So it was a bad look for Taylor. So you know, I- I'm here for the good times. I'm here for the not bad a times. good
1: representation of Taylor's
3: eight four four five hundred forty two forty two.
2: According to Grammy dot com, Beyonce is the artist with the most Grammys wins at thirty two. Oh, Grammy but she wins. She won. Yeah, she won for Best Dance slash Electronic Music Album in twenty twenty two. For I mean, there's a couple different genres, so. But
3: But I I guess what Jay-Z's mad about is that she hasn't won Album of the Year, but it's like, okay, aren't we splitting hairs now? She's won a lot of Grammys. Oh,
1: you know what I'm thinking? It's Song of the Year. Most, Most Song of the Year wins.
3: I got something else to disprove. (laughs) (laughs) Get to work, Jared. All right, we will be right back with your calls. We're going to talk a little bit about this piece that Taylor hadn't heard of yet, but I think it's going to be pretty amusing. It's in Politico and it says, Someone give this man a Snickers. And it talks all about how Joe Biden's team is purposefully having him eat on the campaign trail because they think it makes him look.
1: Are you doing this next? Yeah. Can I stick around for this?
3: Absolutely. Thank you. Taylor Cormier on The Grace Curley Show, coming up next.
1: You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show.
3: back everyone to the grace curly show all right so here's the the name On this article from Politico, it says, someone give this man a Snickers. And I just want to read you a little bit about what Politico thinks, and they've talked to some insider sources here, the Biden campaign is up to with all of these stops for him to chow down. In the past few weeks alone, Joe has visited a boba tea shop in Nevada, a soul food restaurant in South Carolina, a cookout chain in North Carolina, a bar and restaurant in Michigan, and a coffee shop in Pennsylvania. So it goes on to talk about. It talks to Bruce Reed, who works at the Institute of Politics at the Harvard Kennedy School, and he says that Biden would be wise to replicate the front porch style campaign that the Biden team ran in 2020 because of the pandemic. So I guess I that thought
1: the, that was an under the main floor campaign.
3: A lot of people call it a basement campaign, but this person from the Institute of Politics calls it a front porch style campaign. Now here's the part where Taylor's going to weigh in. Unannounced stops at local joints also allow a candidate to be more nimble, said Dan Pfeiffer, a former senior advisor to Obama. They often don't require the level of staffing and logistics. Later goes on to say they like the Biden administration and the Biden campaign is cutting up. So more of the campaign is cutting up these videos of him eating and putting them on social media. Get
1: that man a code.
3: Putting them on TikTok and making Instagram reels. Uh, before TikTok and Instagram reels, you can make an argument that the stuff wasn't super efficient, but now those informal encounters have the ability to go viral on social media and go viral from the perspective of the people meeting with Biden. So they're getting a lot of mileage out of Joe Biden chowing down.
1: Well, it's easier to fill a small restaurant than it is to fill an auditorium for Joe Biden, True. right? Good point. Uh, you offer people food and drink, they're going to be there.
3: Or you just find a restaurant people are already at and you don't give them an option exactly
1: well he did, he tried that in michigan right and he went through this diner and was talking to people and he was leaving one table and he could be heard saying all right vote trump like as that that dig all right you're not gonna vote for me then vote for the other guy fine i don't care about you then so he can get still kind of nasty with yeah. people um
3: but I just find that the eating on camera, and I go back to that interview with Jerry Nadler and yeah, Nancy Pelosi. The
2: tuna, the tuna melt.
3: No, 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 the Chinese oh, the restaurant. Chinese,
2: oh, with both of them, yeah.
3: Where they were, they, they set it up, they did it on purpose. It was like NBC or, or PBS or something had an interview with Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler, the two young whippersnappers in the Democrat Party, and they watched them eat Chinese food on TV. It, it was a soup, right? I just don't get what the point is. Does it make people seem more casual, more folksy to be chewing?
1: That's what I think. Well, Elizabeth Warren with the beer, um, she was trying to be a person of the people. Like, hey, we eat too. (laughs) Yeah, I I assumed that.
3: I'm going (laughs) to get me a beer. You know what's interesting, though? I've seen this a lot on social media where people will be explaining a story or something and they'll eat during it. And it's like, you know you're filming for the next five minutes. Why don't you just eat after?
1: You know where I think that started? Where? Remember when the there was somebody who had asked, show me where in the Constitution that is. I think it was maybe Eric Swalwell. Show me where in the Constitution that is. And some guy with a random TikTok was eating a block of ramen and just like chowed down. And he had like the screen behind him yeah. of the Constitution. It's right here. Um, it's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of where that that AOC
2: began. loves to do that too.
3: Yes, she does. She loves to eat on camera. A lot of these young influencers do okay. it.
1: Well, it's because they're so busy. They they have to do two things at once. That's how crazy their lives are. They've
3: got Joe Biden style
0: schedules. It's, just it's, jam-packed. it's a self
1: importance thing. I feel it's it's a casual looking casual, but also self important. Like I have to eat while I'm talking to you. I'm so sorry. I I don't have time.
3: Yeah. Oh my it's God! A, that, it's
1: a power move.
3: It's obnoxious.
1: It is obnoxious.
3: It says it's clear that the campaign plans to get a lot of mileage out of these events. On Wednesday, the campaign posted a nine minute YouTube video of Biden oh. eating fries, burgers, and chicken that fingers is, from cookout. Ridiculously long. <laughs> Watching Joe Biden eat for nine minutes. Is, is there another option? Is this the only thing we can? Oh my gosh!
1: Twenty hot dog.
3: <laughs> we'll be right back with more. We're going to talk Supreme Court decision and so many other topics do not go anywhere.
0: I want a double dip waffle cone with chocolate vanilla chocolate chip.